Meanwhile, recorded live on the Lava Lamp Lounge, it's somewhere in between a radio zine. News, music, culture, stories, and more. This show is what we make of it, and hopefully you'll join us in the fun, too. Now let's get started. And welcome to spending way too much money on pet accessories you didn't know existed. It's issue 11. Hashtag cat dad life. 11. 11. Well, that's what we can do. We can go anywhere because we live here. We can yeah, go but, anywhere else. But not only, not only the right of free travel, I'm saying 11. 11. 1, 2, 3. Yes, sir. 11. All of the best decisions that we can make in our lives affect us in massive and huge ways, often in ways that we can't predict when we make that decision initially. Buying a house, buying a car, getting married, having children. Certainly on that spectrum, and not really talked about in depth outside of people who are already within this lifestyle is the decision to add two new kittens to your household. (coughs) Hashtag cat dad life. Five years into our marriage, and we haven't really gotten any warmer on the idea of having children, which really didn't seem like anything we ever wanted to do even before we met. But certainly my wife had a cat, and that cat has become a part of our life. And then we settled into a pretty standard routine, feeding the cat, going to work, living our lives. And as Fade got older, Fade certainly was a little less active, had less of an impact on our routine. Certainly, Fade was less interested in hanging out with us and more interested in sleeping and eating. And in a way, that kind of matched the amount of energy we had at the end of the day in terms of what kind of relationship we could have with the cat. Fade seemed to like us, but didn't really want to have anything to do with us. And as much as we loved her, we couldn't really offer more than letting her sit on the couch with us and petting her when the evening came to a close. It seemed to suit everyone, which was great, until we adopted two new kittens. Thank you, anonymous friends in Eugene. Certainly the decision to take the kittens and make them a part of our house was almost instantaneous. We went from having no conversation about expanding any part of our household to any other kind of pet ever to having made the decision to take in these two kittens probably in the span of 15 minutes. Which is to say, we saw some photos, someone said, will you take these? I asked Marla, what do you say? And we had the kittens within a couple weeks in our house, feeding them and having them sleep among our stuff as if we were always responsible for them. And that's probably the best way to phrase something like this, because 
you go from not really having to be responsible for other lives because, well, you've made that choice in your lifestyle to do that. And then suddenly you have to basically kitten-proof your entire existence in a way that doesn't really become clear until they're pawing at your record collection and trying to knock glass trinkets off the shelf that may or may not have belonged to grandma and are very, very, very sentimentally important. I myself have had an uneasy relationship with cats throughout my life. We had them growing up, and sometimes a kitten was deemed one of ours or what have you, but the cats belonged to the family, the house, and namely our parents. <laughs> and certainly those cats were great, but I kind of didn't really pay much attention to them. I never adopted any of them as mine in a way where I was taking explicit care of them. As I got older, I never really adopted cats. A couple of times I was living with cats that belonged to other people. Certainly that was pleasant until one of them pees on your stuff or finds some other way to get into your belongings and knock over a glass insulator from an old telephone pole that uh, was really important to you and is now in pieces on the floor. I even inherited a cat once, Beelzebub, from a friend who had two cats that he did not want, and when he was moving, I wound up with Bub. Strangely, Bub and I didn't have the greatest of relationship. I didn't invest much, and neither did he. And pretty soon, when I had another roommate, who bonded with the cat almost instantly, it became clear that the cat was his, and not mine. And when me and that roommate parted ways, Bub went with him. And that was probably the right choice. I think... Up until recently, I didn't have any room to take care of a cat in my life. I would look at a cat and I would see the annoying responsibility, especially in the relationship that I had developed with my wife's cat, Fade. I was entirely there to clean the litter box, put out the food, take her to the vet, bring her home, try and administer the medicine that she had no interest in taking. Why would I want more of that in my life? I am not a completely heartless person. And if you show me a picture of two beautiful kittens who desperately need a place to stay, and you suggest that maybe they would have a good home in your house, how could I turn them down? And I was nervous, like a lot of new dads. These are tiny, small, fragile kittens, less than two months old. They're so tiny and, oh, it looks like anything could hurt them. And they do the cutest things when they're playing with each other. It didn't take long for me to fall in love with these two. My wife and I had a long talk about what we would name the boys. Of course, all of this was dependent on gender and a lot of other things that, in the end, we completely ignored because we went with naming them after two characters from one of my wife's favorite books, Oryx and Crake. 
And every once in a while, I stumble over referring to Oryx and uh, remembering that, uh, yes, he's a boy. But for the most part, I just stare and wonder. I remember how cats never used to move me, how I never used to feel much of anything towards them, how I just always had this grumpy, kind of terrible attitude towards cats, and how all of that has completely melted away when I look at these two and I watch them playing in our living room. And I think, well, hell yeah, I'm a cat dad. What else would I be? That sound can mean only one thing. It's time for a Geekly Update. Alright, time to get our geek on. Once a part of a weekly radio program that met with an unfortunate demise, Geekly Update is a team of experienced geeks and nerds in your local area dedicated to finding new and interesting ways to interact with the world around them. Things like this. Well, who's next? So I kind of did the opposite, at least certainly when the pandemic started. I I cut all my hobbies for a while. <laughs> uh, I was, I mean, to be really vulnerably honest, I was really close to burnout, like a serious burnout stage before the pandemic hit. Uh, you know, I was just doing a lot of different things basically year round, multiple projects around the community and, and other things. And I didn't, I guess I didn't even really realize the effect of it all until we were forced to stop. And I just felt so much better. <laughs> I was already actually thinking about quitting several things. Mm. And in fact, we did quit one of them, one of the biggest projects that I work on year round. Uh, and then, th- and then this happened and then it forced everything to shut. And and I just really, as awful as everything was, and it was bad, and it still is bad, but I enjoyed the break for a long time, yeah. and then I just didn't do anything. I was like, I'm not going to do any new projects. I'm going to catch up on things and, and just kind of find myself again and find my creativity. Um, then I think I got into the cooking kick, of course. A lot of people, I of course, made bread and did things <laughs> like that. Uh, but uh, I, I, I took a couple, other, a couple other projects like making tortillas from scratch and donuts from scratch and doing things like that and getting not just doing it once, but like really practicing it, uh, you know, once a week or so to get better at it. Because those a lot of those skills, baking and, and tortillas is very similar. It takes practice. Yeah. And, and I was not good at making tortillas. <laughs> and, and now it finally like I, I'm better. I'm not great still. I'm I'm much better. Uh, So that was fun for sure. Uh, And then just recently in the last like two weeks, 
I've been like, okay, now I feel better. Now I need some new hobbies. Now I need to do some new things. Um, so as I, and we have been working a lot on the podcast too, the relaunch. So that's taken a lot of the time. Uh, but uh, two big things that I've been taking up now is kind of going back to drawing. Uh, mm. I used to draw a lot when I was a kid. I would go to every uh, Bush Barn art class. Uh, my my grandma was on the board. And, and so I was very active. My father and my grandmother uh, have an artistic background. I used to do it a lot. And then I, I haven't done it for years. So I've kind of gotten back into drawing. Uh, that's been a lot of fun. And also, um, I've been tackling the Rubik's Cube. I want to get uh, learn that, get fast at it. And that's been a lot of fun. I, I dabbled with that again, uh, about five years ago and never, I could solve it, but I was never super fast. It took maybe five minutes, five, 10 minutes. And now I want to get in that, you know, one minute range uh, wow. and, and do it. So that's been a lot of fun for sure. That's so cool. I have a couple of questions about the uh, both the drawing and the Rubik's Cube, actually. <laughs> um, yeah. With, with the drawing, uh, what kind of uh, uh, work are you finding yourself attracted to in terms of subjects? Uh, is it like fictional or uh, still life? Or Yeah, no, great question. Um, I'm actually, I did two pretty much opposite programs. So I've had a book for a long time and I never really got into it. And that's where I'm going to start. And that's called, I think it's called Drawing from the Right Side of Your Brain. Uh, and it's very nerdy and, 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 and gets into the mechanics of your right brain and left brain and how your right brain, of course, is for creativity. But a lot of the times your left brain tries to drive that drawing capability. And that's why you, you know, especially and so you start off, you draw someone from memory, you draw a self-portrait and you draw your hand. Those are the first three exercises and they wow. are, it's uncomfortable. Interesting. Because it's, those are big things. <laughs> and uh, yeah, but they're like, we know this is super scary. Just do it. Wow. Take an hour, uninterrupted, do it. And it was, it was bad. <laughs> I was, but then they're like, now tuck it away. And then we're going to do these exercises and they just teach you five fundamental uh, pieces of art. How to, and it's basically how to see shapes and, and texture and shading and things like that and you do these interesting things like you draw upside down so it kind of tricks your left brain to turn off and uh, okay. and, and it kind of takes your right brain will start to take over because your your left can't compute what you're drawing you know you're looking at something you're drawing it but it can't really tell because it's upside down and so it's, you're learning more about shapes and things like that it's super interesting i just started though so i can't uh, but then I also got a, a character drawing, so very geekly oh, nice. uh, course that I will take after I do kind of the more realism stuff, and then I'll do uh, character and and drawing like that, very very geekly, very cool related stuff. So, yeah, I, I don't. You, you may already know this, but my wife Jessica and, yeah. and Bella they do uh, sketchers on Saturdays. Yeah. Okay, uh, and, yeah, they've actually they were a big inspiration of just like reminding me to look at that again because like i said i've used i used to do it all the time and it's been fun to see jess like really progress in her skills oh, and yeah. and just just you know when you you can get inspiration online but when you know someone i think it it just means a little more you connect yeah. a little more and you're like yeah you know what i need to do that and i've actually talked to her a little bit about it so Please. just yeah. you know how much i appreciate her sharing and, and doing yeah. it so They've continued to do it even over Zoom and, and you know, you just yeah. go, they meet up for like a little bit to talk and then say, okay, we'll be back here in about you know a couple hours. 
and then they get to share. And the cool thing about, you know, keeping a sketchbook is, it, you know, it's quick. You know that it's going to not be a perfect thing, but it's something that you can like kind of look at over time to see how you progressed or like, I love when yeah. she does it for trips and stuff. Cause then you go back and you look and like, Oh yeah, that's right. We did do all those things. So it's almost <laughs> like, you know, the photographs of a trip, you know? And, yeah. It's like a journal. Like an even more meaningful photograph, mm -hmm. you know, this exactly. is something she created and yeah, it's very, very cool. Yeah. That's so awesome. Yeah. Now, yeah, very cool. Uh, there was the drawing, and then uh, what was your second? Uh, the Rubik's Cube. Rubik's Cube, yes. Now, in terms of learning that, now when I was a kid, I yeah. tried to get good at this. Did you learn from a book mm -hmm. or from a video? Uh, I've learned mostly from YouTube. Okay, yeah. See, that's <laughs> what I figured. Of, yeah. yeah, yeah, there's a ton of... In fact, the hardest part was just finding the right YouTube video that kind of connects with you. Um, right. And then so I found some really good ones. And yeah, you know, you're just learning. It's... I actually, I was talking to my friend the other day. It's kind of like learning magic because that's what solving a Rubik's cube is kind of like. It's like, it feels like it. I could never do it as a kid. It was like, and when someone did, I was like, you're like, you have voodoo magical abilities. <laughs> and it, it's, it is like that. But once you know that it's basically just a series of algorithms and kind of like playing video games, you know, left, right, left, up, down, the, it's like that, you know, you're twist, twist, da, da, da. and then it, for the immediate for a little bit, it kind of takes that magic away. Like you're like, that's it. You just follow this pattern. Right. Like there's one way to do the Rubik's cube where if you just do the same, like six moves over and over, it will eventually solve no matter what. Like, so you can just do that. It takes a while. It's not yeah. the efficient way it's to do it. It's the long way around. Yeah. Yeah. It's a long way, but that's just interesting. And it's kind of like, Oh, the magic's gone, but then you reappreciate it kind of like magic. I think too, sure. where you're like, no, this is cool. The algorithms actually is what makes it cool. And you kind of see them happen in front of you once that becomes muscle memory and that gets uh, interesting in a different way. Yeah. It's not magic, but it's just more interesting and, and still very cool. And then you can, dazzle your friends and then they think you you're just working magic so that's pretty cool too <laughs> the elegance from my point of view was how it would all kind of like click into place where it seemed like this kind yeah. of like nice mechanical you know everything would just you're know, like oh wow it's all that's happening and you know you solved it and you're like whoa yeah it's like yeah, it, it something it's, about it as a kid where it really felt even when you knew there was a the trick to it it was like i did it yeah yeah no it's a very accomplished feeling when you finally do it and it kind of, it's one of those things like a lot of things in life where you get a little worse before it gets better and you're mm. like oh like you're making these moves and it's moving all the pieces away from where you think it's going to be and you're like how is this going to work and you keep doing it and you're like oh it's salt right like <laughs> you know it's like oh okay everything just clicked yeah. back into place I, uh so yeah i mean in a lot of ways it's like math too where you're kind of like trying yeah. to learn it and you're like how is this going to work and then the equation just kind of works itself out and you're like oh i guess it's just elegant like that <laughs> yeah yeah it's very cool yeah so yeah. those of you who did it when you were little did you just figure it out by keeping just trying to do it or did you get input from another source so i needed a book eventually like i i could not figure it out on my own and then i think my dad finally picked up a book for himself and then when he saw i was very frustrated he slipped me the book and now i just took the stickers <laughs> off and then <laughs> <laughs> no, all I remember is I was so frustrated and yeah. I didn't I didn't read anything. I didn't talk to anybody. And I remember getting one side and then I got two sides and my brother was like, no, it's not you don't get you don't just accumulate <laughs> sides. And then I was like, forget it. 
gave up. It's too hard. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think when they saw I was getting frustrated with it and taking it a little serious, they were like, here, let's get you the book. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Very cool. Uh, and and, and what, what about your hobbies, Karen? What, what have you been adopting for... So, yeah, so what I talked a little bit about before was um, the YouTube channels and sort of, you know, I was thinking about the the progression of those and really, you know, the first series was kind of an offshoot of how I was suddenly thrown in. So being a chemistry professor and always teaching in person, mm -hmm. and then I suddenly had to start teaching online over the course of a weekend. It was just like, right. boom, switch. And so I was teaching online anyway, and I guess I just saw it as an extension of that. And then I went more into this, the ASMR chemistry calligraphy. And honestly, that was for my own relaxation. Like I loved <laughs> sitting there and I always waited till late at night when there was no chance that my dog Griffin would see a squirrel and start barking <laughs> or that, you know, whatever people would become coming and going inside the house or anything that wasn't going to happen. So late at night, I'm just like quietly doing this thing and meditative and calming. And, and so yeah. I really enjoyed that for those reasons. And now what I am doing, I absolutely see it as I am just trying to create and contribute things that are positive into the ether into the internet like i'm i think i'm just so burned out on the news and the negativity and i'm like i want to contribute something good and positive and yeah. so this make time for science stuff i want to highlight other people that i interview if i don't get if i don't connect with someone to be on that day that's fine because i just go on by myself and i'll show something or talk about something and so that's kind of the what happened with the the YouTubing that's really new. Mm -hmm. And really the only other thing that's new is not a new hobby, but a new way of doing my old hobby. And that was guitar playing. So I've always played pretty much punk rock and, and rock and in a certain way. And what I've started this year is learning jazz and also getting more into pedals and effects and things Whoa. like that and just having fun with that sort of stuff. So I just, I dabble, I go through phases of doing it more some weeks and less others. And um, that's been really awesome. I just got my second pedal. So I'm very excited. So Nice. <laughs> yeah. Right. So what does turn, that one do? It's a big muff. So it just. Oh, yeah. I have a big muff. Yeah. <laughs> I got it uh, Sunday. So I still haven't really had a chance to really mess around with it, but I'm, I'm, I'm very excited. <laughs> cool. So what, what kind of pedals yeah. have you been messing around with? Um, delay and reverb. So my latest is this reverb pedal that does like 16 different types of reverb Whoa. and you can adjust how it does it. So. Um, yeah, those two are the main ones I've been messing with. That's kind of cool. Now, reverb certainly kind of fits, but delay is not necessarily a, a punk rock effect usually. So I'll be curious to see how you, you end up using it. Like, oh yeah. Well, if you listen to city pieces, there's a few tracks on our last album that was released last year that I used the delay on. Oh, you see, I'm, I can't even tell. So that's great. Uh, yeah. Cool. I'll have to, I'll have to re-listen now that you've. Yeah. Firecracker. Okay. You'll hear, you'll hear it. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Now, now I'm keying in for that. Very cool. How fun. I like the pedals because I feel like even if you know what they're supposed to do, you can find new weird ways to play around with them. And that's half the fun. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Very cool. 
And that's going to do it for us this week here on the program. Somewhere in between a radio zine. Hashtag Cat Dad Life. Issue 11. Contains stories written by Austin Rich. Containing interviews with Brian Hart, Karen Holman, and Jason Ramey. Including Hashtag Cat Dad Life. And Brian and Karen's new hobbies. This episode was produced by Austin Rich in the Lava Lamp Lounge and was assembled using only the finest in 20th century technology. In the long-standing tradition of most zines, there is an open submission policy here. If you have a story you'd like to send in, read, or just want to be a part of the show, why not drop a line to austinrich at gmail.com. That's going to do it for us this week. You guys are wonderful. You guys are beautiful. And without you, there would be no program. Be seeing you somewhere in between.